From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to episode 169 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. Today, I'm talking about my transition from being in the film industry to anxiety coach, what that was like for me and why I decided to make this transition because I wanted to be in the film industry for a long damn time. And I want to talk about what happened there, why I started the Anxiety Project and why my passion and my values lie in anxiety and coaching. Now, I got a question from Lorraine, and she says, what was the journey like for you to move from the film industry into anxiety coaching? I'm personally having doubt and fear of my decision whether or not to pursue my passion. So to answer Lorraine's question, I want to talk about my journey This is a great opportunity for me to share more of my struggles, my past struggles, let's make that clear, past struggles with health anxiety and anxiety, and how that led me into this confident, independent Brad, because I want you to understand that no matter how hopeless and lost you feel, There is a way out of the muck. And if I can do that with my stories, struggling with hopelessness, loneliness, guilt, shame, trauma, depersonalization, health anxiety, then that's my aim. That's my goal. And that's the reason why I started the Anxiety Project was to express to you that no matter where you are, that you can change, that our brains are neuroplastic. We can rewire the neuro pathways within our brains. So first, there was this transition that occurred within me from sufferer, being in a static mindset, set in my ways, to development mindset, Brad. Somebody who understands that you need to constantly put yourself in uncomfortable situations to grow and learn. And you need to do that for the rest of your life. I began to understand that exposure to the things you are most afraid of is necessary for desensitization. So as I was learning from others who overcame anxiety disorders, naturally, I was placing myself in situations voluntarily that made me uncomfortable. I became obsessed with change. Why? Because The older Brad thought 
This is how it's always going to be. I'm always going to suffer. This is how my life will be 10 years from now. I could never change. It seemed impossible. So I became obsessed with changing my patterns, sacrificing behaviors suggested by the people I was looking up to for any sort of change to occur. I was sacrificing addictions like caffeine and porn and negative friends, even going on Dr. Google, even reassurance-seeking behaviors, even patterns like slouching, changing my physiology. I was working on all of these different aspects of myself because I understood from the mentors that I was looking up to that you have to change your patterns in order for you to change that we have more control than we think we do. Now, I trusted the wisdom of my mentor who overcame anxiety because of how relatable they were. They resonated with me because they described the pain and suffering of their anxiety disorder that related to my pain and suffering. So I connected with them them on that level. And then I began to trust their wisdom. And so I started to mirror their behaviors. I started to study their mindset and what they did because I reached rock bottom, rock bottom and I was determined to change. Because I always thought of myself as somebody who couldn't change. So once I started to learn about anxiety, I then realized that, hey, is change really possible? Could I not be hopeless? And that was a revelation in and of itself. I used to suffer from loneliness. But that suffering. It shed quite quickly when I was studying anxiety and spending that quality time with myself. I would go to the library for hours and hours, watching my mentors, writing notes, reading books on anxiety, learning CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, learning NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, I became obsessed with change, but I was studying all of this on my own. So I was spending quality time with myself in a different way than I, I used to have an unhealthy relationship with myself. The time I spent with myself in the past included watching TV and eating Chinese food, right? That's what I thought spending time with yourself was all about. I certainly acted that way, but Once I started to work on myself, I became more confident that I could change because I was placing myself in uncomfortable situations continuously. I wanted to be independent. When you surround yourself with powerful teachers 
who reached enlightenment and are full of wisdom, who exude the confidence and independence you long for, then a yearning rises up from within your soul. Admiration, a hope rises up. And that's what drove me to continue to persevere through all of the pain of change and to continue to change. I knew that if I study this person and mirror this person, then I could get myself out of the hole because they did. And so as my confidence was growing, I decided to pursue camera in the film industry. And this has always been my favorite department in film. I've had a history with film. I grew up watching movies. I loved movies. And then in high school, I decided to go to film school because I my favorite course in high school was communications, film, and TV. And so in high school, I was filming school plays. I was filming these cool projects. I was working with my communications teacher because I loved uh, what he was teaching. And I was a very artsy kid. I was very creative. And that's what sparked my interest. Then in film school, working with cameras, framing shots, working with the director, working with the actors, it made me feel like I was, well, it brought a lot of meaning into my life. I knew this is what I want to do. But after my internship, and my internship was at a TV station in Toronto, and it was a great internship because I got to work with camera operators. I got to work on commercials. I got to work on uh, on red carpets, after parties, uh, at the Toronto International Film Festival. I got to do all of these things, and it was amazing. But when reality struck after my internship, when I realized that jobs were becoming more scarce and I have to really put effort in to find work. I started to slack. I started to make excuses for myself not to find work because I started to fall into unhealthy patterns. I started to hang around my friend, my negative friend, even more. I started, well, I continued to pursue my unhealthy relationship with my ex-partner. And I fell into too much comfort. And then the idea of going out and finding work made me anxious. And so I started to avoid work more and more. And I started to fall into unhealthy, destructive patterns. And then I was dependent on my family for support financially and mentally. And I became a very dependent guy all around. And when I was going through my anxiety recovery and when I was gaining more of that confidence, I was looking for work. I I went to the library to look for 
job opportunities because I wanted to take on more responsibility. I already took on the responsibility of lessening my anxiety, sacrificing old destructive patterns. I took on that responsibility. Now it was time for me to pursue something else. And I had more confidence now because once you climb Mount Everest of anxiety and you overcome anxiety, well, I didn't completely overcome anxiety at the time, but once you overcome some obstacles that you never thought you could do, you you gain much more confidence in yourself. And for me, I started to pursue more challenging work opportunities. And so I applied to the camera trainee program at the camera union in Toronto. And I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I had nothing to lose. And to get into the program, you have to take a two-week college course on camera assistant training. And I remember the first day I showed up for this college course and I was sitting in the classroom. I had a full-blown panic attack. I was sitting there. I felt the shallow depth of field, my heart racing. I felt trapped and it was un it, my panic was at a level 10. I thought I would have to leave because I feel like I'm going to faint. I feel like I'm going to throw up. How can I stay here if I feel this way? Oh, I'll never get into the camera program because I can't even be in this classroom for five minutes and I'm panicking. But I stayed in the classroom because I already learned from my mentors that you have to ride the wave of anxiety no matter how bad it is. So I stayed I was almost going to leave. I was on the edge. But I stayed. And throughout that eight hours of being there, my anxiety was at a level 10. It was a horrific day. At the end of the day, I thought, how am I going to show up here tomorrow? How is that possible? But I showed up and my anxiety lessened. And then by the third day, my anxiety was at a level four and I made it through the camera workshops. I met some interesting people uh, and I got to learn so much more about camera and what the job entails. So I got through the course and then I, I got into the camera union. I remember... The day I was working retail, I was working nine to five at a retail job. And then after I was done the retail job, I would go and to the coffee shop, listen to my mentors, write notes about anxiety. I was still pursuing anxiety recovery this whole time, but I got in and I felt like when I got that email, I felt like I got to the top of Mount Everest. I couldn't believe that I could accomplish this thing on my own, that I could take on this responsibility, not have my family help me in the unhealthy ways that they helped me before, right? Where I just relied on them to do the work for me. 
felt that's the guy I used to be. But I took on all of this responsibility because of my anxiety recovery journey, taking on responsibility of overcoming my anxiety on my own. And so I felt, I felt all, all of these emotions welled up within me. Once you get to the top of the mountain, after that struggle, there's nothing like that feeling. You will always remember that feeling. And now I want to talk about my experiences working as a camera trainee. Now that I'm in the union, I want to talk about well, actually, before I dive into that, I remember going into the interview for the job, and there were there was six people sitting around a table interviewing me. So this shy, anxious Brad, who's stumbling forward and taking a chance with with this camera union opportunity position. I remember, you know, being a little awkward. I remember, you know, struggling my way through a job interview like most of us do, right? They're always challenging. And I thought, wow, I I hope I get this position. I, I don't feel like I did a good job during the interview. And the whole thing was a big challenge for somebody like me who, who always quit, who always thought like I could never accomplish anything worthwhile and who had no confidence, who had social anxiety. I look back at this whole journey and I'm amazed of how, you know, the this how much I stumbled forward and persevered through pain and just accepted failure and it was it's it's very humbling. And so now I want to talk about my experiences on set. Now, the schedule of someone in the film industry, it's quite, it's wonky. It's very unpredictable. And that's not good for somebody who likes order. Now that I am overcoming anxiety, I'm very structured in in my approach to life, very orderly now. And when I got into the film industry, the order was not so evident, right? Uh, Schedule-wise and sleep-wise sleep, sleep wise and food-wise. And so the f- schedule goes something like this for a typical work week as a camera trainee or anybody else in, in the film industry, the crew. The schedule goes like this. Monday, call time is, say, 6 6 a.m. and the day is 17 hours long roughly could be 18 could be 16 around there 16 17 18 hours long and you need a turnaround time before you start the next day so after that 16 17 hours you get the turnaround time and so your start time the next day is pushed a little bit forward to, say, 9 o'clock instead of 6 o'clock. And then by day 6 of your work week, 
or day five, let's say, you're finishing your shift around 4 or 5 a.m. And then you're not starting until 3 or 4 the next day after that. And then you start again the next Monday by like an early call time of, say, 6 a.m. So your schedule is all over the place. But I had a routine. Now that I went through and still was going through anxiety recovery, I had a routine of meditation in the morning, journaling in the morning, and stretching. That was my routine. And even though I was working these long days, it was no excuse not to fit that in. I needed that to maintain my mental health. So I would show up on set early. I would meditate in my car. I would journal. And I would do some stretching before I started my shift. This allowed me to prepare myself for the day. And it lessened my anxiety. I needed order in my life, especially working a job like this. So when my client would come to, when when a client would come to me and say, Brad, I can't fit meditation in or I can't fit 10 minutes of time with myself in my day. And then I'll bring up my time working 17 hours a day and fitting that in because there's always time. And it's important that you add order and structure to your day, if you're suffering from anxiety, you need to calm down your sympathetic nervous system. You need to give back to yourself. So you have to find that time. And so life on set, that's not easy because the food is unhealthy. I remember getting pizza at 2 a.m. one time and that made me even more tired when I left work. I felt tired and more drained. So the food was not that good. Uh, the lack of sleep from, from being on set was not good for me. The crew on set, many of the crew members, they were smokers. They would smoke pot after their shift. They would drink a couple beers. They were angry and agitated, many of them. And also, I wasn't spending time with my fiance, Maggie. I wanted to spend more time in to improve my relationship with her. And so what did this job teach me? It taught me how to take on responsibility, to organize the camera carts, to maintain the camera equipment, to maintain the camera report books, to pay attention continuously on set to slate the scene, to run in and mark actors, to pay attention to whether a crew member is calling for my assistance. There's lots to do. There's monitors to set up. There's camera lenses to clean. And also, I discovered that I could take on a large workload. I, un I understood that I could take on more than I thought I could. 
it w- there was a lot of responsibility, a lot of responsibilities on set. And now, after I finished my scheduled time on a production, I felt anxious to go to a different production because I had to go on and, and, and meet new people. I had to start a new schedule. And I didn't like this. I wanted to stick to a routine, stick to the things that I knew. And so constant change was not appealing for me. My passion and drive was to learn more about spirituality and growth and anxiety and to improve my relationship with Maggie. The thought of being devoted to another production, it worsened my anxiety. Because after the production stopped, it it was difficult for me to get back into a sleep cycle. My sleep patterns were all over the place. So I wasn't feeling mentally good. And then I thought, wasn't this what I always wanted? Or did my values shift because of the internal work I was doing with myself and anxiety recovery? And so as I was shifting my internal world, The things that I used to value died away. But also, you have to go out and and experience the thing in order to realize if it's right for you or not. So I, I had to go and experience this job to understand that, hey, this isn't the lifestyle for me. Because I started to place myself in the shoes of the other crew members. I started to envision myself as that 50-year-old Brad in the job. Is this what I want? Do I see myself here? And the answers that bubbled up from within said, no, I don't see myself here at that age. And then I thought to myself, this is too chaotic for me. I don't feel passionate about this. I feel drained and tired and the job is becoming more and more unfulfilling for me. And so I resigned. I sent in my letter of resignation and I felt excited about it, but I also felt like I'm taking a leap of faith by wanting to be an anxiety coach because I didn't know if I was going to be successful, but I didn't care, to be honest. I wanted to pursue my passion of anxiety and spirituality because it was that, what can I say? It found me when I suffered deeply from all of the anxiety I went through and panic and health anxiety and depersonalization, agoraphobia, I it, it brought out a passion. It brought out a drive for me to help other people who may be suffering. I wanted to be that coach 
the one that helped me overcome my anxiety, I want I wanted to make content and spark someone else's drive to change. I wanted to be that person that related to I want I wanted to be the person that relates to what you're going through. And so I started to make a video on YouTube hoping that it would attract one person at least. I was hoping that I could just coach one person and change that one person's life. And I also felt that fame or the the ego attached to being in a high status job position or, you know, materialism, I wasn't attached to those to those things anymore. I was very contempt to live a very minimalist lifestyle. Then I started to see the comments of other people resonating with the videos that I'm making. It brought about a lot of meaning into my life. Getting those clients brought about a lot of meaning into my life. Working with people, watching people who are struggling and and who have reached rock bottom and are getting 1% better every day. I get a lot of meaning from that because I see myself in you guys. I see myself, the Brad who was struggling and raising the bar 1% every day, failing forward. I I resonate with those people. I connect with those people. So now that I'm a coach, I know that this is what I was always destined to do. I don't regret leaving the film industry because I've grown so much in what I've done with the Anxiety Project. I found my meaning with this content and connecting with you guys. And I will continue to grow and learn because life is about never-ending improvement. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. I hope that this episode resonated with you. I hope that you guys find this podcast useful and insightful. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate it. It means the world to me. Uh, If you're listening on YouTube, leave your comments below. What do you think about my story? Did it connect with you in any way? And uh, lastly, do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.